welcome back. Today we're introducing Kai Ui. She's a bioengineering student at the University of Washington. So Kai, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I am in my second year at UW, but my fourth year as a college undergrad. I started playing soccer at Seattle University, and I ended up quitting soccer to come to UW to pursue bioengineering. At that point when I entered, I didn't know if I was going to get into the competitive major, but I got in. I love the school. I love the program and everything about it, and I fully support anyone else that wants to be a part of the bioengineering department. Can you tell me more about how you got into bioengineering, where that interest came from? I played soccer for a really long time and I had a lot of knee injuries, a lot of knee surgeries, and that kind of sparked my interest in how people make new medicine and how people change how they treat patients. <clears throat> so that's why I started looking into bioengineering. And before when I was at Seattle U, I was pretty much a bioengineer, but I made up my own major. <laughs> I was a mechanical engineer with a biochemistry major. So I kind of was on the same path, but there was no defined degree there. Nice. So is that what got you to UW because you wanted to pursue bioengineering for like real? Mm-hmm. I, um, I realized that education was what I was more interested in. And that's kind of why I stopped playing soccer to really focus my time and my interests on bioengineering and medicine. How was that transition from like being like an athlete to you know this like engineer? Those are two different lives completely. How did you deal with that? It's definitely a little bit of an identity crisis. As a college athlete, you get told exactly where you need to be, what you have to <laughs> yeah, wear. For sure. And being a college student full time like that is really different because then you suddenly have all this free time, but it's also not free time because you're finding new interests and new mm-hmm. groups and ways that you're dedicating your time that you never thought was possible. So do you feel like the, ch- the choice that you made to switch to like focusing on your education was a much better one for you? Yeah, I think it was really fulfilling and I saw what it's like to really create my own opportunities. I was also really inspired by my dad because he came to America with no money. Uh, he lived in a hallway on a mattress through college okay. and paid his way through because he knew that education was a way to a better life at that Mm -hmm. point and that's why I have all the opportunities I do today like having the flexibility of coming to a new school and I thought that the one way that I can honor that and respect that is to make the most of it every day. Yeah that's that's amazing. Wait so um being a woman in STEM has it been difficult for you? I think that I see other women struggle more than I do. I've been pretty fortunate about not having any biases or anything that's that changes how other people treat me because of my gender. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do believe that we are moving towards a more equal approach of women and men, especially in engineering. Most often I do see when we come together in groups for projects and things like that, it's never one group of all guys or one group of all girls. There is a lot of of mixing and yeah, and I don't I think that it's really great that they are also accepting a lot of women into these fields because the more men see that women are capable, the more likely they are to see that there is no difference in gender. Yeah, that's true. Um, so in your classes, like, would you say when you're in groups and stuff, you're with both men and women? Yeah. And then, so how many people are in your bioengineering classes usually? So my cohort has about 75 students, and for the core bioengineering classes, we're all in the same classes. The only difference is when there's lab or quiz section, they kind of split up to smaller classes of about 20 students. Okay. Uh, I think that the cohort is a really cool way to run a program because 
you get to know everyone you're, you're graduating with. Mm-hmm. You always have a chance to work with pretty much every student that is there. And you just kind of get to know where people come from and how everyone's so different but interested in very similar things. Yeah. Um, do you ever have like conversations with your peers in class about you know their journey in bioengineering? I think it's it was completely different. There are a few transfer students that did come in. There is one soccer player that's in my cohort for UW. We all definitely have very different backgrounds, but it's really cool when we're all together because we can always find something in common and relate to. Where do you see the future of bioengineering for women going? I think that the more women apply themselves and are courageous and fearless in whatever they're doing, the better results they'll see. The only thing stopping women at this point is themselves. If they feel like they are incapable, then that's probably what will manifest versus a person that thinks that they can do it, that can compete, that is intelligent, and especially well-prepared is one of the biggest things in engineering because there are so many different fields that can be broken down in bioengineering. So really knowing what you bring to the table is one of the most important things, and that's one of the best ways to apply yourself. You had mentioned like how um, that transition between like soccer to um, engineering. When you were an athlete, were you always interested in engineering? Yeah, I was always in the field of engineering as a mechanical engineer there, but I, I think I cut myself short because I said, oh, I'm spending all my time on soccer that I don't have to apply myself to other things other than just classes and and my sport. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to do it again, I definitely think I would have been more fulfilled if I found other interest groups and applied myself in ways that were outside of the classroom, which I also think is really important for women that are trying to excel in the field. Just being in the classroom isn't enough. I think that life experiences go a really long way. Yeah, well, can you give some examples of what kind of life experiences? Yeah, um, so when I first came to UW, I worked really hard to try and find research in a lot of the labs that were around here, and I got lucky enough to be in Dr. Ratner's biomaterials lab. That was just a whole new world. You got to see actual scientists bring what they learn in the classroom to life, and it's really cool to see something that you read about where you're like, this makes no sense, Mm -hmm. like, I'm never going to use this, and then someone is there in the lab using the exact same thing that you read about. I I think that experiences like that can't be taught, and especially when you when you want to learn and to apply it to what you're doing, that's when you can see it right away. And it's like when you learn something and then never use it, you kind of forget about it. But something like this is how you really learn how to apply what you know. Um. Okay, we're gonna switch gears a little bit. I just want to ask you more about what your journey was like being a woman in bioengineering. So could you like talk a little bit more about your journey? Yeah, I think that it's really interesting how different engineering fields are a bit swayed with what gender there is, because when I was in mechanical engineering, I noticed in my classrooms that I was one of very few women that were in there. It's interesting because there is a strange dynamic because it is kind of like a rah-rah type of boys club. <laughs> and I I don't think that I felt intimidated. I think I took it more as a challenge like yeah. oh I can do exactly what they do or I can do it better and <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's just who you are <laughs> yeah that's like how I would approach anything like that and it's interesting that bioengineering seems to be a bit more 50-50 with gender I don't think that was the reason why I found it interesting but it is really interesting to see that there is a really strong 
team dynamic between both the men and women in BioE. And I think that it's what makes the community there so strong, too. Do you think there's, like, a stigma with the fact that it's, like, biology-oriented? Because, like, a lot of um, women are in our bio majors, and that's still a STEM, but, like, you know, compared to, like, computer science or right. stuff like that. I still think there is a stigma, and it's it's interesting because I, I can't recall <coughs> the woman, but there was uh, one woman that was a very, very famous and um, intelligent computer science, computer scientist, and she was making a lot of money when this field started, but then it all shifted when men started wanting to make more money. Yeah. And it it's interesting to see that it did start as a field for women, and it got taken over by men, and still to this day there is that stereotype that computer science is mainly ran by men. Mm-hmm. And I think that the stigma is often not reflective of the field itself, which is what's unfortunate because more and more women are joining that field, and it's unfortunate that people still think that only men are capable of doing those things. Mm-hmm. So that never stopped you, like that mentality that like only men are capable of certain kinds of fields, that never stopped you, you just kind of kept going with your passion? Yeah, I, I never really thought that that would be a deciding factor for me, and I think that I've been fortunate enough to see my friends that are also female achieve what they want and push for what they they really desire, and that's kind of empowering and motivating to want to do the same as well yeah did you always feel about like this this way like since high school all throughout college or was there like a point in your life where you're like you know what I'm just gonna do this degree because I can and I want to (laughs) I I never really was so headstrong about school until I stopped playing soccer I think that it was always like an added benefit of being Mm -hmm. good at school and being able to do well in your sport but now that I've completely changed my focus I think that it's really cool to see how far you can go and how many different avenues there are to pursue Mm -hmm. so do you think like the field is changing nowadays like more women are joining STEM fields and it's going and like you know they're doing as well if not better than men like what do you feel about the future what does it look like to you I think in the future women will be given the same opportunities and chances that men are It is difficult right now because, especially in the news, we always hear about how women get paid less or have less Mm -hmm. opportunities, and there's issues with um, maternity leave, but I think that women feel even more empowered now to stand up for injustices and when they're treated unfairly, and that's one of the biggest things is that women cannot stand by and let things slide, especially when, when they're the ones that are the victims and they're the ones that are losing their paycheck or an opportunity, but if you work just as hard and you deserve it, then you should get what you deserve. Yeah, well, sometimes it doesn't really work out that way because, mm-hmm. like, for obvious reasons. But what do you, yeah, what steps or, like, what recommendations do you make to these women that, like, don't know or haven't yet, you know, come out of the shell and being like, oh, I can be an engineer too, just like any other guy, or I can be a computer science major or anything like that? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to just take a chance and... The more you apply yourself, the more opportunities there are for things to work out in your favor. And I think it also starts with with things that we do like engineering discovery days and it's mm-hmm. it's talking to younger students about what potential they have and that's such an important thing to manifest at a young age because they're so confused, they're looking up at role models and leaders and trying to figure out what they want to be and if they're seeing people succeed, people like them, people different from them, finding their own way 
then they'll be more likely to want to do so as well. Yeah, you mentioned being a role model. So this podcast is for like all listeners at UW and probably freshmen that like just came to UW and trying to figure out their majors. Do you have any thoughts about what how what they could do and just like how they could take on this journey for the next four years? Yeah, honestly, it's never a clear path. It's never easy. And you just have to have faith the whole time that things will work out. Even when things seem like <laughs> it's falling apart, there will be something that is going to happen. And the most important thing is to just keep pushing. I'm not going to say that everyone has an easy way. Like, I didn't have an easy path here. A lot of people didn't. There's always a different battle someone's fighting every day. And that's the most important thing is just to be kind to yourself and know that you have what it takes and to be kind to everyone else around you because you never know what else they're going through. Yeah, that's really true. Um, You mentioned hardships. So, like, is there a story that you want to share about something that you faced that was quite struggling that had to do with both your career as an athlete or as an engineer? I think the hardest thing is time management because (laughs) when we're in college, we want to have time to hang out with our friends, to go out and then to study and go to classes and then this huge shift of not knowing when you're going to spend your time when you're going to work out is such a weird change because my whole life revolved around playing soccer getting to lifting and everything like that and now it was just a bit of a a turnover yeah it was a complete turnover it was like oh I don't have to go to the gym if I don't want to and that seems so silly because obviously you don't have to work out if you don't want to but it was it was just my it was my routine it was my life and that that big change made me really question what I was doing and I and I think that was the hardest part is that while I was working through all these new things at UW going through research I felt like I was unfulfilled because I wasn't doing the same thing I was at Seattle U but -hmm. then at the end of it I took a step back and realized that I did achieve a lot of different things it's just not what I was used to yeah do you think that sometimes if you know face challenges like that, it actually makes you come out stronger, right? So, mm-hmm. like, would you change anything about your journey? I wouldn't change a thing. I <laughs> I think that all the hardships make you see things that no one can tell you. Like, I can stand on, I can say on this podcast and preach about all these things I've been through, but when you're living it in the moment, you just have to remind yourself that you have to keep pushing because it will pay off and it will define who you are and why you're so strong in the way that you can push through things today. Yeah, that's amazing. What's like the best thing that's happened to you as being an engineer in University of Washington? I think it's being able to help people and knowing that what I'm doing is is for the greater good. It's for other people to be happy and live better lives. And hopefully I'm inspiring people to do the same. I'm inspiring yeah. people to keep working together in engineering groups and collaborate. And it's so important just to keep making people want to do the best. And is this what you plan to do with the rest of your life? Like, you want to be helping people through bioengineering? I do. I want to apply to medical school and hopefully keep my bioengineering research going. Right now I'm doing uh, cancer cell therapy research, and hopefully awesome. that's something that I can stick with as I work to work through my medical degree. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that alone? Or are you doing that with a group of other girls or guys? Um, so I'm doing it at... Seattle Children's uh, Research Lab, and I'm working with another graduate student that is also in the BioE program, 
And he's done a great job bringing me in. I've always felt super welcomed at the lab. And it's a very, it's a very dynamic group of people. They always want to help each other and they're asking questions and working together. And not once do you ever feel lost, even though (laughs) (laughs) everything in the lab was so new to me. I felt like there was a familiar face around every corner. Yeah. So like kind of like felt like homey when once you got there. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so thank you guys so much for coming on this podcast. Um, did you want to add anything else to the listeners about, you know, your journey or being a woman in STEM, anything like that? Just be proactive, ask questions, go out of your way to learn more and to really connect with the people around you because who you surround yourself with will make a big difference. Yeah, that's very true in life in general too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So have some faith, believe in yourself and just keep going no matter what. Well, those are some wise words from Kai. Thank you. Ever wondered what drunk food is like in other places? My name is Dee Dee Madigan, host of the weekly podcast Home Plates, where I ask that question and many more. Each week, an international student joins me here in the studio to discuss their food culture. Don't miss new episodes every Wednesday right here on the Soundbite Network. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.